Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Talk Albion, the West Brom podcast run by myself, Josh. And I'm here today, as ever, joined by my dad, Matt Wilde, if you'd like to come and introduce yourself again. Hello, good evening, everybody. I'm Matt Wilde, Josh's dad. Yeah, um, today we're going to be talking more about West Brom like we always do. It's been a while. I think this is our first episode of the new year, so a very uh, belated Happy New Year to you. Um, hope you had a good festive period and you're enjoying the new lockdown that we're in. Um, there's been a lot of football going on since we last did an episode of this. Um, so we'll get straight straight into it. Um, so the first game that we had was against Leeds. Uh, that was a 5-0 loss. Do you have any thoughts on that on that fixture, Dad? No, any, uh, I guess it, uh, I feel the same as everybody else at the time that uh, was all very disappointed to have lost in such a manner in the way we did um, against Leeds United. You know, we didn't put up any fight or any uh, any show. Leeds were just too good for us, basically, and um, we deserved to lose. Um, you know, so yeah, very, very dis- again. Yeah, it sounded like a bit of a scratch record, but. Um, Disappointing performance, uh, disappointing result all around, really. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Um, and I think we'll be saying a lot about that for the next few fixtures that we've got coming up. Um, after the Leeds loss, we then had a, a very similar Groundhog Day experience against Arsenal, which was a 4 0 loss. Um, yeah, in the snow, Cut. that wasn't the no, best of days, oh, was it? There's really no positives to come out of these um, these games really um, again 4-0 loss at home as well I was really hoping that we could have got something out of the Arsenal game because they seem to be having a bit of a stop-start season themselves yeah but it wasn't to be and uh, yeah they uh, they went out 4-0 winners against us yeah um, yeah, it was a shame. I'm, I'm currently living with an Arsenal fan, so it was a bit, a bit of an annoyance to see see so many goals go in. But say what you want about West Brom, at least the games are entertaining. <laughs> so after that, we had our second win of the season, a very rare occurrence at this stage, and it was against our local rivals, Wolverhampton Wanderers. What were your thoughts on the game, Dad? Well, a huge sigh of relief. Um... For starters, you know, uh, we secured the bragging rights over Wolves again, yeah. Yeah. you know, and which was, which was great for all local um, West Brom Jarbian fans and indeed across the country and world. Um, we've got the, the, the Dingles bleating on about how they are the biggest team in the Midlands and the Black Country and all of this, you know, yeah. and um, again, they failed to beat us. Uh, we walked away with a with a three two win, a yep. much more solid performance um, all round from the team, um, which is probably the most frustrating thing really because you know they they get battered five nil and four nil against Leeds and um, Arsenal and then all of a sudden out of the blue they against all predictions. They put a they put a shift in. They, they put a performance in. We score three goals. Mm. Uh, I think for the only for this only only the second time this season, you know, yeah, we did leak a couple of goals in. But even when Wolves went two one up, our heads didn't drop. 
we carried on and um, as you know we equalised and managed to um, get the winner so that's the most yeah. frustrating thing really being an Albion fan I think Josh is that uh, one week we can get absolutely thumped and then the next week it's more we like can... most weeks you get absolutely thumped at this rate but yeah I do, get, yeah. do, do you understand what I mean so obviously the players can do it yeah and that's my point so why don't they do it more regularly is there something more behind the scenes which is are stopping them from wanting to perform to yeah. that level um each week because obviously they can do it you know um mm-hmm. so it's 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 highly frustrating really but still the 3-2 win against walls was welcome very welcome indeed absolutely yeah. delighted with the performance and um delighted with the three points in win at Molyneux as well yeah, yeah, indeed. So, it seems that we do have a bit of a, a stronger chance of getting an okay result when we're not playing at home at the at the minute. So, at the minute, um, yeah. And it's been like yeah. that for sort of the last, I'd say maybe two or three years. When Darren Moore was the manager at West Brom, he was he had a perfect away record, and then last year, towards the end of the season, we were doing a lot better away from home than at home. So maybe there's there's this new block mental blockage of performing at home or as that's right. Not sure, what's gone on? Um, I would say that we were quite fortunate in the way we won with two penalties, but you got to be in those positions to get the penalties, and it was the first penalty we had all season, so I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, I think the first penalty was really, really close. I think it was quite fortunate to to get that penalty, to be honest. But still, the referee decided it was it was on the line. Very, very close call that was. Yeah. Um, but I'll take that take that all day long. What I was worried about. Uh, the game prior to this was the FA Cup um, defeat on mm-hmm. penalties against Blackpool. Uh, the, that game ended two each, but um, we failed to convert um, our penalties in the shootout. And the person really to blame was Piera, who um, had scored a penalty earlier on in the match. Yeah. Failed to convert his spot kick in the penalty shootout. So yeah. when we had the second penalty against Wolves, he'd, he'd already scored the first penalty. And I think um, I was all thinking the same thing. Is he going to be able to convert the second penalty? Yeah. And uh, thank goodness he did. Uh, he took it really well. He took both penalties really well. Yeah. And we, I think overall we deserved the three points and um, mm-hmm. kept Wolverhampton and uh, nice and quiet for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say that probably the second half was probably the first time we'd probably kept a clean sheet in 45 minutes since the Sheffield game. So it was good to see that we could, could defend and score some goals at the same time. Yeah. Um, but uh, then, so, anything else you want to add to that, Dad? No, just uh, again, a, Jay, a Jay's header. Great. Obviously, you could see that, that they've been working on that on, on the training ground and uh, mm-hmm. it came off for us against Wolves. And uh, no, highly delighted with that result. I think we all were. Uh, yeah. On that, so. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on from the Wolves game, we had a, a one of the more recent games we've had was a uh, away trip to West Ham that unfortunately ended in a two-one defeat. Um, Pereira scored a great goal, um, like he normally does, uh, but unfortunately couldn't quite get them defensively with them scoring two and. Any thoughts yeah. on that game? 
Yeah, that's right. I, again, it was a much more improved performance than the the performances against uh, Arsenal and Leeds. You know, we went there with a with a plan. It didn't come off for us. We just could not find that equalising goal mm-hmm. um, at all. You know, and uh, if you look at where West Ham are in the league now, it, obviously it seems that uh, they're doing something right and they're, they're getting. Um, they've got quite a strong team together, so. Uh, yeah, we could have done. We could have really done with a point down, down at West Ham. Yeah, um, but we we just wasn't quite good enough to 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 find that equalising goal. Not a bad performance, really, mm-hmm. uh, but nevertheless, not a winning performance for us to to get any points out of the game from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, I think the only highlight from that game really was the Pereira goal but then again another yeah. quite funny clip that emerged from that was when he put in a challenge against Antonio and got absolutely battered and fell on the floor I don't know if you've seen that clip but it was quite funny to see yeah um any yeah. other thoughts on the game or should we move on no, no I, don't, I don't think so we can just move on to the yeah unfortunately the 5-0 mall in against Man City the other night yeah, yeah. Uh, that brings us on to the Man City game. Unfortunately, um, that was a 5-0 loss. A bit of a VAR slash referee incident in the game. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the game, Dad? Um, no, only that you, 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 the, the quality of Man City just outshone, really, right from the, fight, right from the start. I think yeah. we had three minutes of, at the start of the match. And then it was just all Man City for the for the rest. Yeah, you know, um, I couldn't see a scoring to be honest. And they no. were played quite sensationally, really, considering it was pretty much the same team that got a draw at Main Road. Yeah, uh, was at the Etihad Stadium now, um, not so long ago. But it just seems that Man City are on a completely different level, and it yeah. showed. It, it completely showed. I wasn't. Um, what can I say? Um, yeah, I think I wasn't Sam, surprised at the result. To put it that way. No, I don't think anyone was. I think right from the get-go when we saw the lineup, I know that I'd, we've got to have to rotate some players every now and then. But he changed the team that had done really well at against yeah. Wolves and um, done okay against West Ham. But players like Bartley, who had who'd been tremendous for us in recent games, was suddenly dropped for some reason. Carlin Grant was brought back into the team, which I thought was a bit too soon. And I, yeah. I don't know his natural position. I don't know if it's a striker or, or if it's the left mid, but he was played on the left when I think he should be played up top. And it just seemed like Big Sam didn't know, doesn't know what the the good, the our strongest team is at the minute. And to come into a job and be like to be chucked in at the deep end, you need to know from the get go what the strongest team is. I know he likes Sawyer's. Unfortunately, I don't, so I don't know why he starts him, but he must see something good in him. So it just it's all a bit baffling to me at the minute what bit, what's going through Big Sam's head. I know. You mentioned Sawyers. He, he was caught out a couple of times against Man City. Um, just ball watching. Um, you know, he, he can't make... You can't do that in the Premier League, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got to be quicker than he is. He's got to be first to the ball. Yeah. You know, um, you can't mess about on on the edge of your box the way you did. You know, just ball watching. Um, you, you give players like that that kind of space, and they're um, 
they're going to score, um, unfortunately. Yeah, the VAR incident, the offside incident, I think that you're referring to, where the um, the linesman had uh, flagged for offside, and it seemed like the, the majority of our players was was standing there waiting for the referee to blow the offside whistle. The whistle didn't come. Yeah, Man City score quite a screaming goal, to be honest. Um, great goal, but. When our defence were all just standing there appealing for offside, um, yeah. you know, and then the ref decides to uh, disallow the goal, only for VAR to get involved and say no, it wasn't offside, and they award the goal. So a bit harsh, yeah. really, um, you know. But like they say, yeah. you've got to play to the whistle. The players did stop. You can see that quite clearly. Um, so it's their own fault, really. Yeah, you know they, they should have played to the whistle. Um, yeah, I think there. I think there. there is an argument to play the whistle, but as far as I'm aware, there's been a lot of rule changes recently, especially with VAR and offside. And as far as I was aware, the VAR assistant, or not the assistant, the linesman is, or in this case, lineswoman, um, they're not supposed to flag for something unless they're absolutely sure it is offside. Um, mm -hmm. And even if they think it's close, they're supposed to wait until it goes out of play or it goes in the back of the net and then they're supposed to flag for it. Um, and you could see in when the incident happened, she did hesitate to put a flag up at first and then put it down and then put it, raised it up. And I think yeah. at that point, the players thought, okay, this is offside. The player's going to stop now. Um, I think that the Premier League have introduced too many rule, rules around VAR. And I think it's just not working out. Like it happened to Aston Villa two, two or three, I think it was yeah, about was two weeks ago. Um, which very, was a very strange decision that was. Yeah, and, uh, and that decision changed the game for them. So I can understand them being a lot more upset about this than we are about our game because we were already mm. losing at the time mm. and we weren't going to get into the game anyway. But <laughs> no. it's just like, like, I don't know what's happening anymore with the, the rules. I just go in and hope for the best. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, Man City... By far the better team. Yeah. Deserve to win four or five nil. Regardless yep. of that incident anyway. So yeah, not not a good performance again. And I totally agree with you. It, it just seems to me that Big Sam doesn't know what his starting eleven is, doesn't know the best positions for our players, mm -hmm. keeps picking Sawyers. Um yeah, I think dropping, we've been caught dropping Bartley, I just don't understand that one at all. Dropping Gallagher, don't understand that one at all yeah. he's been one of our most consistent players you know yeah, um, yeah. So. it'd be interesting to see what happens in a in the next game but before we get into the next games uh let's have a quick little review of the league table as it currently stands um so sheffield are still bottom of the league i think that that wouldn't change for at least a few weeks but they have recently beaten at one stage, the league leaders, Manchester United. Um, and then, so one second, this is just loading up. Uh, I've, my uh, computer's right, just frozen on me. <laughs> um, oh, is it? Are yeah. we recording? We're still recording. It's just the actual, like, um, the web page is frozen. So we're still good. Um, okay. so, um, so, yeah, Sheffield United had a really good win. The other night against uh, Man United, beating uh, United 2-1 at Old Trafford. 
um, which is a little bit concerning for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they'll be fortunate enough in the next match because they're playing Man City away at the Etihad. Um, yeah. So, um, and then, then the game after that is against ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, that's uh, Sheffield United, um, bottom of the table on eight points. Mm-hmm. I can't see them getting anything out of Man City, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, I hope so. Man City seem to be flying at the minute, so let's hope that they continue that. But Sheffield have had recent luck against Manchester teams, so yeah, you know. I think I do think Man City will be a bit too strong for them at this time, though. Mm-hmm. Although it was a great performance by Sheffield United, I did watch it the other night, and uh, they've played much better, much stronger. Um, so, which yeah. is a little bit concerning for us at the moment, this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we've got Fulham, who are still above. Well, we've got us in nineteenth on eleven points, um, but in front of us, we've still got Fulham. They are on thirteen points. They've uh, they've had some good results recently. Uh, they drew against Tottenham with only like two or three days' notice of playing them. They've they lost against Chelsea recently and. I can't remember what their last fixture was, but I think they might have got a good result out of that. Brighton, they played Brighton last night. Uh, It was a nil-nil draw. Both teams were were going at it to try and get the winner. Yeah. But uh, both sides couldn't couldn't score, couldn't find the net. Uh, So that game ended nil-nil. Yeah, that's probably Um, the best result for us, though, because Brighton are in and about it. So. Yes, that's right. So keeps them down. Because uh, they, Brighton are in seventeenth place. They're quite a bit of above us at the minute. They are, I think, it is seven points clear of us. Um, sitting in that seventeenth spot on eighteen points, um, with them having drawn one and lost in the, their last three games. But then right. sitting above them on nineteen points is Newcastle United, who seem to be in a bit of a free fall at the minute. Um. I think their last win was coincidentally against us in that 2-1 victory for them at uh, um, St. James's Park. So That's right. So um, we look at Brighton, uh, seven points in front of us. Their next two fixtures are Tottenham and Liverpool. I can't see them getting much out of those two games, if I'm honest, although Liverpool have been struggling themselves to find goals in recent matches. But I'm sure that um, Jurgen Klopp will, will be... Mm-hmm. sorting that out with them. So um, I, I can't see many points coming Brighton's way over the next couple of matches. Yeah. And again, it's difficult for Newcastle. They're, they're due to face Everton, uh, who are a different team altogether this season. Um, they're playing some really decent stuff. So I, I can see Everton winning that one. And then um, P- Crystal Palace maybe a draw, possibly. Um Mm-hmm. Um, Palace aren't a bad side as we know but um, so either a Palace win or a, or a draw out of that one I can see so yeah. these next two fixtures for us are extremely extremely vital we can we yeah. can pull ourselves within a point of um, of Brighton um, if we if we can get something out of these next two fixtures which is um, got Fulham, Fulham. 
we've got Fulham on Saturday and then on the following Tuesday we have got Sheffield and I think I would be correct in saying that these two games are very much season defining for us. I think you're absolutely right there, Josh. They are must win games. I can absolutely must win games for for us. So, yeah. uh, like I say, if we if we can get six points out of these, I can see us coming within a point of Brighton, and that gives us a real good fighting chance then of um, of overtaking them in the in the yeah. in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, ahead. So but they're not going to be very easy games because obviously Fulham did beat us at the at the start of the season, and we only just by somehow scraped through the win against Sheffield in the one 0 one at the Hawthorns. So it's going to be very, right. very very tough for us. I think that if we do lose both of these games, I think we will be seeing the back of Sam. I can't imagine that the board or will want to keep him after all all the losses that he's had so far and all the goals he's conceded. Um, so I think if we if we lose those, we probably will lose him as well, or he'll resign before he gets the chance to ruin his perfect record. I, I do hope you're right. I, I really <laughs> hope I hope that's the case. And yeah. um, you know, I really can't see what positive change has come from uh, appointing Sam Allardyce. Um, I'm still baffled. I'm absolutely baffled still. I can't see what positive outcome has come come from sacking. Slavon Bilic in appointing Sam Allardyce. I think the football's got worse. Mm-hmm. I think the players don't know, don't seem to be, don't know what they should be doing. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to see the game plan. I just see long ball. Um, I know we've got the the the, the, the win against Wolves, but I think that's just um, glossing over the, the the cracks. Yeah, in the team, in in the football club itself, there's still mass confusion about who owns the football club um yeah there's there's reports coming out that um that lie uh, our chairman only owns two uh, percent of the company in china that uh that owns west Bromwich Albion. yeah so how can he be named as majority shareholder uh things just do not add up in the football club you know, and yeah. um, so the win over Wolves is kind of painting over the, the cracks a little bit. It gave us something to cheer about uh, against our local rivals, of course. Yeah. But these two next games, like you say, are season-defining games um, for us. Must win if we've got any chance of staying in the Premier League or if we want to stay in the Premier League, to be honest. Yeah, I think, well, as we know, Championship is a lot more fun for a yo-yo club like us because we do win more in the championship or we like to think we win more in the championship. Um, Certainly more entertaining football, I have to say. Um, But again, we want to, I would like to keep the Premier League title because it is quite nice to say we're a Premier League club. But if we don't get two wins out of this game, I think I'll be, I'll be getting the championship uh, wallpaper ready. So yeah, I think you're right there. I think you're right there. So Sam Allardyce um, was quite open and blunt that we needed new signings, um, new fresh faces to to freshen up the uh, to the team and the squad to give us give give us a chance of staying up. And yep. the only action that we've seen so far is um, Snodgrass joining us from West Ham on a permanent deal. Yeah. Um, I think we're all quite pleased about that. He's played a couple of matches now under Big Sam. Yeah. And he seems to be 
quite a decent addition to the team. Um, yeah, quite pleased with that signing. Yeah, I think he's a really good. I think we got him on a free, and I think he's got loads of experience behind him. He knows how to play football, play for good teams. I think in that Wolves game, he was very instrumental in us getting the win. Um, but I was surprised that they had inserted some sort of verbal agreement with West Ham not to play him against West Ham because in games like that, we need to have the strongest team. And I think he could have made all the difference in that game. But if it was a case of at the end of the season, if we stay up, I'd be like, brilliant move. Yeah, having that contract in but it was a bit baffling and the FA seemed to find it a bit baffling as well so they had an investigation but fortunately nothing came of that so yeah yeah there's not been any news on any kind of punishment for both teams on that but at least we got Snodgrass's signature and he's part of our club mm-hmm. um, we've seen uh, one of my favourite players from last season Kronovic leave to go to Nottingham Forest um, Big Sam's cut his loan um, from Benfica short with yep. us. Um, obviously, he didn't didn't like Kronovic. Um, so he's left, he's departed to go to Nottingham Forest. I think he'll do quite well there. Yeah, I hope he does. He's a great player for us last season, particularly towards the run-in. Very good. Um, so, yeah, I wish him all yeah. the best. Yeah, I think he was one yeah. of my favourite players. Um, yeah. So thank you, Kronovic, for last season and um, everything you've given us. Um, and we wish you all the best playing for Forrest. Um, and, but the other, in the rumour mill, we've got um, the Galatasaray striker. I can't quite pronounce his name properly. I think it is Di- Diagni. Diagni um, from Galatasaray looking at a loan deal and... Yeah. Um, news I, just breaking for us is that he's just completed a medical to join us. So he could be joining us within the next 24 hours. We're just waiting for that confirmation announcement yeah. now. Yeah, he looks to be a, a good striker on a very. I, I have a feeling that the loan deal is with an option to buy at the end of it. And I think it is a fairly cheap price for a striker that I think Galatasaray are in the Champions League. So potentially lots of quality coming to us for a very cheap price. Um, so I'll be looking forward to see what he's like and let's be honest he can't do much worse than our current forwards so he's got he's got low standards for him at the minute so yeah, let's hope um, he can settle in quickly and start banging the goals in providing he gets the service for a start and he'll yes. only get the service if uh, players like Snodgrass and Gallagher are, are playing in the, in, the, in the side and they, they can provide yeah. service for him to be honest. Yep. Um, uh, the only other player that we've had come in is a backup goalkeeper to replace the Jonathan Bond, who's now gone to LA Galaxy, is Lonegrand from Stoke. Um, but again, that's just a backup goal, backup, backup goalkeeper. That's right. And uh, other rumours persist. Um, Jesse Lingard from Man United. I can't see it happening. No, I think, um, I, think I saw a thing... Uh, just before we started this, that he's now gone to West Ham on a loan deal. So I think that has run its course and I'm pretty sure we won't be getting him now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really couldn't see that one coming off myself. And uh, there's there's also rumours and reports in tonight that uh, we're interested in Celta Vigo midfielder. I believe his name's Yoku. Yokulsu, I can't again pronounce his name properly either. Um, yep. Seems like a decent player. Turkish international um, mm. is what we need. Is quite a strong um, midfield 
player yes. to replace the likes of Livermore, in my opinion, who just doesn't seem to be doing it at the moment for me and needs to be re- replaced. I would say so as well, but I think we need to... I, my pecking order goes Sawyers, then Livermore. Yeah. So I think, yeah. But, yeah, I think it'd be quite good to see if we could get him in before the deadline day. I think Big Sam is using Brexit as one of his reasons as to why he's not bought as many players as he has, but should really plan for that. So, Yeah, and um, it's just an excuse, really. And we all know that the board and the, the owners aren't investing any money into the team at all anyway. So yeah. let's just see what he can bring in to strengthen the squad. Yeah, that is very true. Well, um, I think that sort of brings the episode to a close. Just out of curiosity, as a final question, what would you say our strongest lineup of the season has been so far? Because we are at the halfway stage now. So I know I've just sort of thrown this to you, but what would you say our strongest starting eleven would be going forward? Well, that's a good question because, um, as we know, we've had some some great performances out of the team um, this season so far. Obviously, Liverpool. Um, away was a, was a really, really good, deep, strong performance um, mm-hmm. to get a draw there. We had a really good performance against Man City away, you know, under um, Slavon Bilic, his last match in charge. Yeah. Um, you know, a really good, strong performance against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, you know, so like I said, the players can do it. Um, but I probably would say Maybe Robinson up front, um, Piera, Gallagher, mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, um, um, yeah, we know Sawyers isn't good enough uh, in midfield. So, yeah. um, what would you choose in midfield alongside? Um, well, I think Piera me- and Gallagher. Uh, we've got Snodgrass in the team now as well. Yeah. Very true. Um, I think formation-wise, I'd be looking at a f- four at the back, two holding midfielders, three attacking midfielders and a striker. I think yeah. I would have Gallagher and Livermore in the two holding roles and then Snodgrass, Pereira and probably Dian Garner, if, especially if Grzyski goes. And then prob- at this stage, probably Robertson up top, but him or Grant, I think would be fine for me. Yeah. Um, I think I would have Furlong at right back with Bartley and Ajayi at centre back and then yeah. Gibbs or Townsend are on the same level for me. So either of those guys, and I think Johnson is a given for goalkeeper. For the goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. And we'll see if um, we what this Diang, um, Diagni yeah. uh, player is all about when, when it seems like it's a dead cert he's joining us now. He's past his medical, so... Like I say, you could be the the, the striker up front for yeah. us. Yeah, let's hope for a, a new super striker. We could, we've had super Kev, we've had super Bob. Yeah. It's time for a super Diagne, I reckon. Well, let's hope you're right, Josh. Let's hope you're right. And he's uh, available in time to play uh, Fulham at the weekend. I don't know if he will be entitled to play, actually. If he signs tomorrow, I don't know if he'll be signed in time to play for them. Certainly it'd be available to play Sheffield United. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't think he'll have enough time to train with the team if we're getting him against Fulham. So I'd rather go for Grant or Robinson in that game. But let's just have to wait and see, I suppose. Definitely. Cool. Right. Well, I think that brings the episode to a close. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, let's just hope for um, three points against Fulham. What's your score prediction against that? Um, I'm not too sure. You never know. I predicted a win last time and we got thumped 2-0. So I will, I'll go for a nice 2-1 win, I reckon. Yeah, I'll settle with that. 2-1 win to the Albion. Piera and Robinson, the goal scorers. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I don't mind who scores. They could be your own goals for all I care. So <laughs> I'd be interested to see what happens. But as I said, that brings to close the episode. If you haven't checked us out already, check out our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash talkalbion. Got a nice little group on there following now. I think we're over 200 page likes now, which is pretty good for us. Um, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure you never miss an episode of the Talk Albion podcast. And yes, we shall see you next time. Up the baggies. The baggies. And thank you for listening, everybody. Boing, boing. Boing, boing. All right. There we go. Very good.